1: Hello and welcome to NUMA Podcast with the Reverend Michelangeli Oguche, bringing your way today the inspired Word of God, and I hope you will be blessed.
0: I am glad you are able to join NUMA Podcast today. The key text for this podcast is the book of Titus, chapter 2, verse 11 to 15. For the grace of
1: God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that, denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world,
0: Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I thank you today for another opportunity to be able to bring your word to the world. And Lord, I ask that you will sanctify and inspire the sound of my voice today, so that as many that will listen to this podcast will be blessed. And Lord, concerning the subject matter of grace, I pray God that your grace will continue to be sufficient for us, even as we wait for the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I thank you because I know that you have answered these prayers. In the name of Jesus Christ, Amen. The title of this podcast is The Enigmatic Nature of Grace. The Enigmatic Nature of Grace. One of the most commonly used and familiar term in Christianity is grace but it is also one of the most misconstrued word. However, grace is the apparatus that orchestrated our faith in God in the first place. Without grace, we would have no faith at all, simply because righteousness is alien to the fallen man as we have been estranged from it. When our foreparents Adam and Eve disobeyed God in the garden of Eden. That is why the Bible categorically say that our righteousness is on par with dirty smelly piece of disused cloth. You find this in Isaiah chapter 64 verse 6. Theologically speaking, Grace is the unmerited favor of God. It means we were undeserving of the mercy of God when Jesus Christ came and died for our shortcomings. Grace is so amazing that a former English sinner and sailor by the name of John Newton was inspired to write one of the most amazing hymns ever. Newton's amazing grace was undoubtedly stimulated by the passage of the scriptures we read earlier. Today, many Christians around the world are so familiar with amazing grace, not just the melody, but the inspiration that it brings. That in itself is amazing. There are several renditions of grace, but in the next few minutes, I want to explore with you the enigmatic nature of grace. By this, I mean the process of our becoming God's children and our enduring character to remain in relationship with God, the Creator. In my experience as a preacher, I have come to realize that one of the reasons why some people do not come to experience God is because of the enigmatic nature of the grace of God. They cannot understand and accept how mercy can be granted free of charge. This is because the system of this world operates largely on meritorious pattern. You have to earn your way in everything, but not so with our God. He gives us freely of everything he created. This act of generosity is aptly demonstrated by the gift of the Son of God. The scripture says in John chapter 3 verse 16, for God loved the world so much that he gave his only son so that anyone who believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This is the mystery we must contend with, but remember that we do not need to understand the mechanics of the house and wise All that is required is, as the Bible puts it, in John chapter 1 verse 12, But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. This is it, brothers. This is it, sisters. This is all that is needed. We need to believe. That's what we just have to do. It's that simple and yet not so simple. The story of this divine mystery began in the Garden of Eden, when God Almighty created Adam and Eve so that they can engage and share fellowship with him. Of course, there are many arguments for and against this backdrop, but those arguments, no matter how plausible they may seem, are not the purpose for this podcast today. The purpose of this podcast is to try and understand what is possible from the story and why we need the amazing grace and how sweet it tastes to the one who have tasted it. It is worth noting that God wanted harmony among creation, among his creation. That was the reason why Genesis chapter 126 to 28 said, God spoke. Let us make human beings in our image, make them reflect our nature, so they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself, and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. God created human beings. He created them godlike, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. God blessed them, prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, take charge, be responsible for fish in the sea and birds in the air, for every living thing that moves on the face of earth. However, when the old serpent made suggestion to Eve about how she could become wise like God, even though Eve and Adam already possessed that godlike qualities, you find this in Genesis 1.26. The consequences of their disobedience to God's command brought them misery that needed only the grace of God to set them free. It is very important to note that owing to the question posed to them by the serpent, that it was not just the case that they partook in whatever fruit it was, but that the temptation was to doubt God's word. Anytime you doubt God, you are putting God at par with Satan himself. The serpent deceitfully twisted God's word with his line of interrogation, Genesis chapter 3 verse 1b. Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? That's the question. Unfortunately, Mother Eve was not so smart at Satan's wicked facade, so she caved in having been emotionally blackmailed and she responded by saying, that's Genesis chapter 3 verse 2 to 3. We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. And in actioning the deceptive desire of the serpent, sealed the fate of all his and Adam's progenies. The seed of disobedience had been sown. As the Bible says in Romans chapter 5 verse 12, When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. The fall of Adam and Eve sets the scene for the first time in the Bible for the immense demonstration of the immeasurable grace of God for the crown of his creation. Notice that upon realizing that they were naked and in trying to cover up their nakedness, they stitched together fig leaves to cover themselves, but that covering was not good enough which was why God clothed them appropriately. Genesis chapter 3 verse 7 and 21. The lesson here is this, however much we try to hide, however much we cover up our sins, we cannot hide from God, neither can we cover up anything from God. For the scripture says in Proverbs chapter 15 verse 3, the Lord is watching everywhere and keep his eye on both the evil and the good. Although Adam and Eve tried their best to cover their nakedness, they found out that their righteousness was filthy before God and this is the chief reason why grace of God is required. At this point, we are compelled to ask why would God want to show grace and mercy to the pair that disobeyed and dishonored him? Could he not just delete them and create a new Adam and a new Eve? That would be very convenient. After all, God is the almighty God and creator of all things and sure he cannot be shot of raw materials. But no, God did not delete Adam and Eve. Instead, he reprimanded them, tended them, and this is called the agape love, the purest and the highest form of love, and this love translates to mercy, and grace demonstrated it to us.
1: This is Numa Podcast with the Reverend Michelangeli Oguche. God bless you, keep listening.
0: Brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, this is the enigma of the grace of God and it is in his nature to love unreservedly. If you ask me why God would so love and why God would so care, my answer is simple, I don't know. It is an enigma. I don't understand. I am not sure. But this is one thing I know. The scripture says that God loves us so much to do anything for us. Friends, that is grace. It is unmerited. It is a divine favor available to all who will accept it. When we talk about the grace of God, I am reminded of prophet Jonah's experience in Jonah chapter 4. Here the prophet was sent to the city of Nineveh with a message of destruction. But when God failed to destroy the city because those who lived there repented, Jonah was crossed with God and Jonah said, and that's Jonah chapter 4 verse 9, I am so angry, I wish I were dead. So you see, Jonah had no grace, neither did he love the Ninevites. He just wanted God to destroy, but no, God wasn't going to destroy Nineveh. God wasn't going to be blackmailed into destroying Nineveh. So we see in verse 11, the Lord said to Jonah, Should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell right hand from their left and also many animals? God is saying to Jonah, look, I'm a gracious God and I am the creator. I know what it takes to create people. So I am not going to destroy these people just like that. Brothers and sisters, like the case of Adam and Eve, God extended his grace to the Ninevite because of his love for uprightness. The people were sorry and his grace was available to them and they accepted the grace of God. Will you accept God's grace today in your life? Prophet Jonah didn't get it. He could not comprehend the enigmatic nature of the grace of God, how a righteous God would easily forgive such a wicked people. God's action was an enigma to him, and it still is to many people today. But do not worry, brothers and sisters, if you don't understand how this works. Just accept the grace of God over you and your life, and that is all that matters. Always remember what the Apostle Paul said to the Corinthian church. That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 12. Now all we can see of God is like a cloudy picture in a mirror. Later, we will see him face to face. We don't know everything, but then we will, just as God completely understands us. Although we are failing to comprehend the enigmatic nature of grace as presented to us in our walk with God, notwithstanding our key text today, Titus chapter 2 verse 11 to 15 holds a prominent locus in the life of the Christian because it opens our eyes to see the meaning and the benefits of the grace of God. Verse number 11 reveals to us that it was the grace of God available to all people that brings the salvation that we enjoy today. By all people, it is, in my opinion, include people of all generations, races and classes. What this simply means is that this grace has been there the whole time. It was never an afterthought. Listen to what Paul said to the Roman brethren. Romans chapter 5 verse 8. He said, But God demonstrates his own love for us. In this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It is awe-inspiring to know that we were in the plan of God to be saved. After all, not because of anything we did, but because of his love for us. Again, that love is demonstrated to us as grace. No wonder John Newton could not hold back when he penned such a wonderful and passionate rendition. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I am found. Was blind, but now I see. With Brother Newton, I joined to say I was a wretch, I was lost, I was blind, but because of the enigmatic grace of God, I am saved today. I believe, brothers and sisters, that this is your song too. Hallelujah. Verse number 12 of our key text tells us that because of this saving grace we are able to move away from the life of wickedness and refrain from evil desires and live decent lives so that all can see what grace can do. This is demonstrated by us being gracious to those that we consider undeserving of us, no matter what they may have done to us, considering that we ourselves are recipients of God's grace. Unfortunately, the church seems to be the only place where grace has ceased to exist we preach grace we teach grace we sing amazing grace but deny others grace that is why we judge and misjudge others when clearly we know that we all are works in progress While I am not condoning evil under the guise of grace, we do need to learn that to be gracious to one another is godly, and I hope this podcast will remind us of how merciful and how loving, how caring and forgiving our God is by what he did in the Garden of Eden, the city of Nineveh, and at Calvary. Verse 13 shows us how grace fills us with hope that will sustain us while we await the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ the second time. This verse also reveals to us our past salvation, our present sanctification, and the glory of the future to be revealed in us. What a blessed assurance we have only because of the immeasurable grace of God. As I conclude this podcast, brothers and sisters, I would like to bring to your attention that although the Bible has so much to say about grace, it sometimes feels that you are. Pressed by the challenges that this life brings, and listening to messages like this may just feel like just another oratory because of all that you are passing through. But listen, my dear brothers and sisters, to what the Apostle Paul has to say in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8 to 9. He said, Three different times I beg the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So, now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can walk through me. This Pauline declaration is so apt to our Christian living no matter what you're going through. Right now, just know that whether in life or in death, God's grace is sufficient and will always be. As you can see from the verse above, the apostle Paul was a man who was totally sold out to God, yet he had his struggles to the extent that he had to beg God. Are you in that place today? Don't be afraid, don't worry because God knows what you are going through. God understands that you have problem with understanding his grace, but yeah, you do need to put your trust completely in him. And then his grace will be made manifest even in your weakness as Paul pointed out to us so today we need to put our trust in God the final verse of our key text tells us that because God loves us so much he gave himself to rescue us from everything that is evil and to make our hearts pure he wanted us to be his own people and to be eager to do right And therefore, we are to equip ourselves with this truth and be confident enough to teach others too. God bless you, my brothers and sisters. Let us pray. Divine Father, I thank you for this time with my brothers and sisters and all those who will come across this podcast. Father God, look on us today, your people whom you have created, as you extended love and mercy and your grace to Adam and to Eve in the Garden of Eden, as you extended your love to the people of Nineveh, as you extended your love to the whole population of this word on Calvary through the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Extend, oh God, that grace to us today, to us in the United Kingdom, to us in the United States, to us in Africa, and to us in every part of this world. I thank you, Father, because of your grace. Help us, God, so that we can continue fellowship with you. And I bless you, Father, that it's only by grace that we are saved. Thank you, King of glory, today. Thank you, my Father, for answering these prayers in the name of of Jesus Christ, our Lord and soon coming King, Amen.